All right, come on. How we doing, True Life? You doing good? It's good to be in church. You gotta, y'all, y'all are going to have I know people at home, you're shouting and going crazy. You're, you're being really loud at home online this morning. But in, in the auditorium, we're going to give another try. Come on, you can do a little better than that. Come on. Isn't it good to be in church this morning? Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Man, it's such a joy to, to be with you. And, and that's what we're talking about today is choosing joy. Excited to get into the message with you. If you're a first-time guest, my name is Michael, and I'm the lead pastor here. If it's your first time watching online today, we're glad to have you, and uh, that's where a whole bunch of you are on the other side of that camera this morning, and so we're glad that you're joining in for church online. During worship today, I hung out in my, my green room, my office, and was worshiping over there and had the chat open, just saying hello to everybody who was watching online. In fact, I've even got family watching during the service this morning. My wife's family in Florida uh, is joining in this morning for church. My, uh, one of my uh, parents in Missouri, Kathy, is watching this morning. So uh, I would love it if you'd just help me say hello to everyone who's watching online this morning. We're just so glad that you're joining us for church and uh, really excited to get into this series we're going to spend four weeks on. Uh, starting today called Choose Joy, and I think it is so appropriate for this season that we're in right now as this, uh, this 2020 just continues to, to go. Come on, y'all with me? It's like, come on, 2021, you, we're going to make it to you. Like, it's, we're, we got to get there. Please, Lord Jesus. Um, and, uh, and so as the year just kind of st- stretches, anybody else feel like you're in the year of slow motion? Like, it's just... And, uh, and it's just, uh, at least we got, like, at least they played football on TV. Like, something feels a little normal, you know what I mean? Like, and so, uh, I, I feel like out of, out of all the times that I could possibly talk to you about this, this is the right time because I've just noticed, uh, even in my conversations with some of you who call True Life home and uh, being out and about talking with people, like, th- this is a season, this is a year that can rob us of our joy if we're not careful. And so I've got uh, four weeks and four choices you can make to keep joy alive in your heart. And then we'll go into our uh, brand new series after that, which I'm already so excited about. I've already started working on content for uh, called Vote for Jesus as we head into the, the election. And some of you are like, oh no, he's going to get political. Just, I just need you, all have known me uh, long enough now to know you just need to trust me with this. It's going to be good and life-giving and healthy for all of us, and I'm really, really excited about it. But before I get into the teaching today, let me just make sure you're aware of a couple things. All right, here's the first one, uh, is that our online experience survey is up. For those of you who are watching church online, you're gonna see a link posted for that, and a handful of you filled this out for us last week, and I'm asking all of you, please, it'll only take you a minute or two uh, to click that link and answer five questions. We just wanna know if we're doing a good job, because this is where most of you are right now, is doing church digitally and virtually, and so you're, you're the only way we can know. You're the only way we can get feedback, and so we wanna know, is the stream good? Is the quality good? And uh, do you feel welcomed and invited, like you're really a part of church when you're watching online at home? And, uh, and, and so just help us out. Just, just click on that link and answer some questions for us. That'll be a big help. And I know one of the reasons why a lot of you are doing church online right now and not coming in person, so of, course, of course, some of us have health reasons and we're being cautious and I understand all those things, but uh, the biggest reason I hear when I talk to people is I, I can't come until there's childcare. Like, I just, I'm just not, I can't do that, and, and I understand that as well. And so that's why I'm really excited to tell you our team has been working very, very hard, and uh, we've been trying to watch the guidelines and and figure out what's, what can we do and how can we do it safely. 
And so I'm, I'm super excited to tell you that uh, in, <clears throat> at the end of this month, for a couple weeks, we're going to open one of our kids' environments to help us figure out how to do this right and safe to our dream team and our staff families only, all right? So we're not going to, if you see some kids, if you come to church and you see some kids getting checked in, please don't get all bent out of shape. It's that those of us who work here are willing to let our children be the guinea pigs, Okay, so please don't be offended by that. We're risking our families for your sake. Okay, so uh, we're opening that up to, to staff and Dream Team kids first for a few weeks to help our team figure out their protocols and test everything and make sure that it, how many know you can have it on paper, but until you actually do it, you don't know if it's actually going to work. You know what I'm saying? So, so we're going we're gonna to try, try it out. And then uh, if, if all that goes well, we will open what we're calling phase one of our reopening of kids' ministry on October 11th in our 10 a.m. service only, in our 10 a.m. service only. And that will require parents, um, we're going to ask you to go jump online and pre-register ahead of time so that our team can make sure we're ready. We will have to cap the numbers that are allowed in each room uh, during that. If your kids are kindergarten or older, we're going to ask them to try their best to keep a mask on. And, uh, and, and while they're in those kids' environments, we know that's going to be tough for some of them. Uh, but, but I'll preach fast, and hopefully they get out of there quickly. The playground will not be open yet, because uh, we don't have a good way to make sure that that gets disinfected in between kids. Uh, believe me, I want to use it. I want it open as quickly as possible. We have spent a whole lot of money on it and used it for less than a year. And uh, so I'm very motivated to make sure that we're, <laughs> that we're using everything that you bought and everything that you invested in. So, uh, but I'm, come on, isn't that exciting? Like there's a light at the end of the tunnel, everybody. And uh, so it'll be in the 10 a.m. service only. And our hope and prayer is to add that to the additional services as quickly as possible. There's two reasons we're only doing it in one service. One is because uh, we've got to make sure we can get it clean and keep it clean. And then the other is our dream team. So just like there are fewer people attending in-person church services, not just in our church, but all over the country, they say about 30% of what your attendance was before the pandemic hit is the percentage of people who are coming back to church in person right now. So it's, it's smaller all the way around, and that means the number of people we have available to serve is smaller all the way around. And so then you go, well, then why are you doing three services? Well, we did that to help keep the, the distancing uh, possible, that six-foot distance, especially where you're in the auditorium here. And so uh, we'll continue to have those three, and uh, we still want your dream team to try to attend one, serve one, but you may have to attend one online and then come in person uh, for the one where you can drop your kids off. And, um, and, and I wouldn't, excuse me, I forgot to clip my microphone to my collar here, so it's just going to drive me crazy if I don't do it. Uh, so, so I, like, I would totally understand, as a parent um, wh- whose kids are doing virtual learning and all those things right now, like, I don't know if I would even blame you if you dropped your kids off and then, like, went to Dairy Queen for 45 minutes. Like, I'd, I'd like, like, come on, honey, it's date day. All right, so... Uh, Please don't. Please come to church. All right, one more thing you should know about, and Pastor Joel already said it. Come on, small groups begin today, everybody. Opportunity for you to get in relationship and community with each other. And I preached my guts out on this last week. I don't know what else to give you to help convince you that you need this. A handful of you reached out to the church in the days following last week's message and said, hey, I don't see all the groups on the website, and that's because we were still updating it, but I can tell you today, they're all there. I think there's like 12 or 13 groups available to you to go pick and choose from, and uh, they range from uh, stuff for students and teenagers. My daughter will be on the 
the, the youth group Zoom call tonight, and, um, <clears throat> and my, my son and I will be uh, getting violent with some of you Thursday night and on video games, and um, next Saturday we'll be coaching marriages. And I mean, there's, just, there's all kinds of freedom groups. There's all kinds of stuff for you to choose from there, so make sure you hop online, find a group that looks good to you, and it's going to be an awesome semester. All right, how many believe God has something to say to you today? How many would like a little joy in your life? Can I help you with, can I help you with some joy in your life? And one of the passages we're going to look at uh, throughout this series comes from Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. It's a, it's a passage that is a prophecy, and, and it's one that Jesus himself quotes. And it says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. Come on, how many glad that the gospel is, is good news and good tidings to those of us who need it. And it's not just about being financially poor. Some of us are, are, are depleted when it comes to joy. Some of us are depleted when it comes to fulfillment. We're emotionally and mentally, we're poor right now. And I'm here to tell you, God has good things for you. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And there's a lot of that in our world today. To proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, he goes on, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, which, by the way, that's not vengeance towards you for all the times that you've messed up. It's, venge- it's the vengeance of God towards the enemy who's trying to make your life hell. Can I hear an amen, everybody? So, come on, how many thankful God? He's going to get his one of these days. Amen? He's going to get what's coming to him. And, and to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. We're going to go back and look at this again. I'm going to show you something really cool. That they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified, and they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Let me back up and show you something really awesome here. It's another place in your Bible that we see the four things that as a church we believe God wants to do in your life. They're hanging on that big green wall out there. If you did Life Track Step 1 with us last week, you heard me teach on it there, which by the way, you can jump in this week. If you missed step one, it's fine. We repeat it every, every four Sundays. The first four Sundays of every month, we repeat life track. So you could jump into step two during our 10 a.m. service today or at six o'clock uh, this evening online for, for step two of life track. But I want you to look at this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news and, 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 and to the poor. To br- so what is that? It's, it's the no God peace. Like, like, hey, there's a God who loves you. We've got good news. You can, this isn't a religion. You don't have to check off a bunch of boxes to be acceptable to God. It's a free gift of salvation. You can know God. You can have a relationship with God. Can I hear an amen, everybody? And, and, then, and then after you know God, he's going to heal you. He's going uh, to bring freedom to your life. He's going to help you get over the junk from your past. And not only that, he's going to help you find your purpose again, beauty for ashes. A lot of us think the junk that's gone on in our life disqualifies us from being used by God. I'm just telling you, what God wants to do is take the junk from your life and turn it into something beautiful. The ashes and the ruins are, your, are the thing that God has destined to become your purpose in the way that he's going to use you in this world. Come on, I'm preaching this morning, y'all with me? 
Come on, we're gonna, so we're going to find freedom and we're going to discover our purpose, the oil of joy for mourning, the, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So God's going to restore purpose into our life. And then because we have purpose, it's us who's going to rebuild the old ruins. It's us that are going to raise up the former desolate. It's us that, that are going to repair the ruined cities. Come on, if that doesn't preach today, I don't know what does. Come on, we're going to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a... Come on, we're going to know God... Find freedom, discover purpose, and make a, we're going to make a difference. It's us. We're going to rebuild it. And uh, man, that just gives me so much joy, so much fulfillment. And if you haven't stepped into that life track process, jump into it right now or, or make plans to join us on the first Sunday of October. You'll hear all about how these are the, really, we believe it's God's vision for your life to experience these four things, to know him to find freedom, to find your purpose, and to make a difference. And when that happens, you're gonna experience some joy in your life. In step three, I teach on the, the, the values, the core values of our leadership, our dream team. And, it, and I shared actually those recently here on a Sunday morning. Love God, love people, <clears throat> pursue excellence, and, and choose joy. We choose joy. And, and that's what this whole series is dedicated to, is choosing joy. And he says here, this is where we're going to focus on this piece, to give them the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And I've seen it. I've seen it. There has been this <sighs> heaviness in our world. Have you all felt it? There's like a spiritual heaviness that has existed in our world. I stood out couple Sundays in a row, I've stood out, just snuck out to the front and watched people even just coming into church, even dream teamers, people who are coming to serve. And I can tell, like, man, we haven't had to do this in a while. I've just been sleeping in and staying in my PJs and watching church on the internet, and now all of a sudden I got to go do something again. I got to go serve. And our habits, we're having to kind of reestablish healthy habits all over again, and we're trying to re-engage and and, and be around people, and I could just, I wa I've, wa I've even watched people, they just, they get out of their car and they're like, uh, uh, going to church. There's a heaviness. There's a heaviness in our world right now. Like, wa watch five minutes of the news. That's about all, it, that's about all I can stomach right now, is about five minutes of the news, and I'm just like, Bleh. come on, y'all with me? There's, there's this heaviness that exists, and I want to help you exchange that in this series for joy, but here's the secret to all of it. You've got to choose it. It's a choice. I can't preach you out of it. I can't teach you out of it. I'm going to try to give you the, the foundation. I'm going to try to give you the material to help you, but it's a choice each of us has to make, and really this series is going to be a study in the life of Paul because uh, I don't know anybody who had the ability to consistently choose joy like the Apostle Paul did. Like, you, you read his letters. You read his writing in the New Testament. And can I just tell you, I'm not sure the Apostle Paul ever actually had a good day. I, I'm serious. He, you know, the, remember the, the, the beating that Jesus took before the cross, the, the whipping, the lashes? The Apostle Paul says he experienced that multiple times in his life for preaching the gospel. They beat him with rods. 
They threw him in prison. He, he, didn't, he didn't have a lot of extra comfort. And yet, somehow, this is a guy who just keeps talking about, in fact, some of his best writings on joy came from his time in prison. And can I tell you, prison back then, I mean, prison never, I don't think, is a place of comfort, but especially back then, prison was not a place of comfort. And yet, somehow, the Apostle Paul finds a way to keep telling us, I got joy. Come on, let me think if the Apostle Paul can find joy in his circumstances, surely you and I can find a way to have some joy in our life, in our circumstances. You with me? But you've got to choose it. It's a choice you've got to make. And I, I, this is, and some of us are struggling with it because 2020 has been like this. Come on, y'all with me? Y'all seen some of these memes on the internet? This one keeps getting reused. Did y'all know there was an earthquake in New Jersey last week? I saw it in the news. There was an earthquake in Jersey. In New Jersey, there was an earthquake at like two in the morning. Y'all know, I went and read about this. Kind of freaked me out a little bit. Did you know we, we just went ahead and built a nuclear power plant right on top of a fault line? I'm sure there's nothing wrong with that. I'm sure there's nothing that could possibly go wrong with that at all. There is. There's a fault line. Runs right up the Delaware River. Let's just put it right there. It's, and so uh, Mo said... New Jersey out here with a 2 a.m. earthquake reminding us we still in 2020. <laughs> Come on, y'all. This is just like it just keeps coming, and I love this meme. That's another one for apocalypse bingo. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> it just keeps, and if you're not careful, you lose your joy in the midst of all this. Because we got a few months left. And you got to make sure you get, you get to the end. And the Apostle Paul had this incredible ability to say, sorrowful yet, everybody say it. Sorrowful yet always rejoicing. Poor yet making many rich. Having nothing and yet possessing everything. Everything. So in four weeks, I'm going to give you four choices that will help you keep joy alive in your heart. Because I want you to, I want to be like Paul. I mean, Paul's like, you want to kill me? Cool, I'll just go be with Jesus. And they're like, no, no, we're not going to kill you. We're going to throw you in prison, Paul. You're going to throw me in prison? Cool, I'll just write half the New Testament, two-thirds of the New Testament. It's not a problem. It's cool, I got it. Okay, Paul, we're going to set you free. All right, cool, I'm just going to go back to preaching the gospel. You're going to, we're going to beat you, Paul. That's fine. I'm going to find a way to use that for the glory of God. I'll write about it in my letters when you throw me back in prison. It was like no matter what you do to him, I mean, what do you do to a guy like that? Nothing. They couldn't do anything with him. And I want you to have that kind of resilience. And so the first choice that we're going to talk about today uh, is actually something that we just finished a season of focus on, 21 days. Uh, We just wrapped up our fall 21 days of prayer. We We wrapped it up yesterday. And normally, I would teach you about prayer on the front end of 21 days of prayer. But I really felt like what I need to do is, is continue to heat up prayer in your life as we finish 21 days of prayer, because you're going to need it to finish out the year. You're going to need it. I'm going to need it. We're going to need, there, there's a, and there's a, if you want to choose joy, and if you want to have joy in your life, one of the four choices you're going to have to make is 
is to choose to engage in your relationship with your Heavenly Father through prayer. And so I just kind of want to make the case for prayer this morning, and I want to start with, with a statement that prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. I'm going to say it again because some of you missed the amen opportunity there, all right? So I'm just going to give you another shot. I'm just giving you another chance. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. And this is, I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of waiting till I'm in, a, in panic mode to be like, oh yeah, God, can you help? When really what we should be doing is we go to God first. Am I going to make that business deal? God, how do you feel about it? Before you get in the argument with your spouse, God, how do you want me to react right now? Before you click on that website, God, what, what's your desire? What do you want to do with my life? We, go to, we should go to God first. We should go to God first. Uh, be- before you post that social media post, God, what's your heart? Is this going to help? Is this going to bring your church together? God, how do you want to use my life? We should go to God first not after. Go to God first, not after. Paul, when he was writing to the church at Philippi, said, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. So his choice of words, he actually gets joy in here four times. He's saying, you've got to rejoy. You're going to have to re-up on joy over and over. You know what the word rejoice means? It means to stop And think about what God has already done. Let it fill your heart with joy and celebrate. And then Paul says, do it again. Like, do it. Like, you're going to have to rejoice. You're going to have to rejoice in the Lord always. And then he says, and then after you do that, do it some more. Let your gentleness be evident to all because the Lord is near. And prayer is one of the foundational choices we make that allows us to get get ourselves to a place where we can we can re up on joy, where we can rejoy. I, come on, I don't want you just to feel a little bit of joy today because you came to church. I want you to have, I want you to rejoy tomorrow. Come on, you all with me? Come on, I want you to rejoy this afternoon. That's, that explains why so many of you are in the 830 service today. You're Eagles fans. You're scheduling your time at church today. Come on, fly, Eagles, fly. Can I hear an amen? But, but, it, but it might not. I see you, brother. Barely. The lights are bright, but I see. Come on, it might not go your way today, but you can rejoice at the end. I know, Charlie, you're thinking that's easy for you to say. Your team already won. Yes, they did. And I'm rejoicing this morning. You're going to have to re- you're just gonna have to re-up on it. You're going to have to re-up on it. You're going to have to re-up on it. You're going to have to re-up on it. Let me give you a few things that prayer will do. If you'll choose prayer, it'll help you keep joy in your life. Here's the first thing is, is that I've learned that prayer replaces my worry. Prayer replaces my worry. How many know worry can overwhelm us if we, if we let it? it it'll, just, it'll just take over your mind. It'll take over your heart. You, y'all know that, that the word worry shares the same root word in the English language as the word strangle? They, they come from the same root word. So, so really, like, to worry can strangle you. It'll, take, it'll, it'll have a stranglehold on your life. It'll keep you in a, in a prison. It'll keep you from ever 
taking steps forward. It'll keep you from relationships you're supposed to have. It'll, it'll keep you from taking risks that you should take. It'll, it'll, keep, you from, it'll keep you from really from, from ever fulfilling God's call, God's plan, God's purpose for your life because it, it, it becomes a stranglehold for your life. And prayer, I've learned, when I go to God in prayer, my worry fades away. That's why Paul said, don't let don't, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by, everybody say the last word, by prayer. Submit your requests to God. Let's look at it in the message. I love the way it says this. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. So you gotta, you gotta let it reshape your worry into prayer. Letting God know your concerns. And can I just give you some good news today? He cares about the stuff you're concerned about. So instead of letting it eat you alive, take it to him. Jesus himself said, hey, don't spend time worrying about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to worry about itself. I had a, one of the first pastor I ever worked for used to say this to me because I'd, I'd play out all the scenarios and well, if we do this, or if we do that, or if, what if this doesn't work? And he'd say, Michael, don't borrow problems from the future. Don't borrow problems. What worry does is it we're borrowing problems from the future. And you don't need to do that. Let me, give you a, let me just give you a thought on this. Prayer replaces worry. Prayer replaces worry. And what I've learned is that what I worry about the most actually reveals where I trust God the least. What I worry about the most reveals where I trust God the least. And a lot of times we go to God and we say, God, would you handle this? And he says, sure, give it to me. And we go, eh, I, can, I, can I just, can I keep it? But you fix it. And he says, no. No, you, you got to give me your worries, and the next thing is, is you're going to have to, your prayer will help you to relinquish control. Now, I know I probably don't need to spend any time on this. I'm, probably, I'm sure that nobody in our church is ever a control freak, but let's just cover it just in case, you know, in case you're asking for a friend. But I don't know about you, but there, there, is a, there are a lot of times in my life where I need to go, okay, God. Here you go. And, and I, can I just tell you, it doesn't happen unless I go to him in prayer. It's, it's in prayer that I have the opportunity to be intentional and, and the Holy Spirit reminds me, Michael, you're, you're hanging on to that. Let go. Release that. What most of us actually want is we want the results that we would get if God were in control but we want those results while we remain in co-control with God. Like, remember the bumper stickers that were popular for a while? Like, Jesus is my co-pilot? No, Jesus doesn't need a co-pilot. He don't, he doesn't, he doesn't need your hands on the, he doesn't need you trying to control it at all. And and prayer is a moment where, where the Holy Spirit will reveal to us the things that we're, we're holding on to tightly the things that we're trying to stay in control of. And, he, and, and, and the Holy Spirit, in his perfect, gentle way, 
will nudge us just to say, hey, why don't you, why don't you let go of that? Why don't you let me have that? I'll, I'll never forget one of the moments that I came to realize this the very most is it was right after our church found out that the place where we were having church was no longer going to be available to us. We used to meet in a movie theater. We used to roll in there with a big truck, a big trailer every week and convert a movie theater into a church. And I just can't even tell you guys how much of an upgrade this is. I just can't even begin to tell you. Like, you, you don't realize what a blessing it is today that you're, you're going to walk out of here and there's not going to be any old dried up Coca-Cola sticking to the bottom of your shoes. It's just, it's, it's a beautiful thing. But we, we got a phone call that said, hey, we're closing in like two weeks, and that means you don't have a building anymore either. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't know if I should polish my resume. I remember literally calling a pastor friend of mine and be like, hey, I don't know what's going to happen. Are you hiring? Like, I don't, I don't know. And we used to, we call it Life Track now. Back then, it was, we would meet, we rented a basement of another church on Sunday evenings to have that membership and that, that process, and, and right in the middle of that, I was there that night to teach growth track, and nobody showed up. Come on, <laughs> how many think that's, like, God, what are you doing? Like, you could have at least sent one person to encourage me. We're losing our building, and nobody even wants to join this thing. That's, I'm, so I'm just, I'm walking around the Nazarene church up on Paper Mill, having a pity party, and I'm running through all the scenarios. Okay, well, we could, this could happen. This could, and, I, and then this is just the way God talks to me. The Holy Spirit was just like, hey, you think maybe I could take a crack at it? And I remember being like, I mean, I guess if you want to. <laughs> and in that moment, had to be reminded, none of this is mine. Come on, y'all. It's God's. It belongs to him. None of it exists without him anyway. And just kind of had a fresh moment of going, okay, here you go, God. It's yours. And I can actually trace every blessing of the last several years back to that moment of just saying, here you go, God. I'm, I'm releasing it to you all over again. And that's why Paul says, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And that word present actually doesn't mean like just show him a list. In the Greek, it literally means lay them down and walk away. Like here, I'm, just, I'm bringing this to the cross, Jesus. I gotta, I gotta step away from this. Present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let me give you another quote to go with this. It can't be God's problem and my problem at the same time. Won't work. You've got to release it. You've got to release it. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you, everybody say it, trust, as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's the next thing prayer will do for you. Prayer will, will help regulate my thinking. A lot of times my thinking is all messed up before I head into prayer. But it's in my, my time with God and my, my alone time with God. It's in my, my conversations with God that he helps me realign. He helps me get my priorities straightened out. 
He helps me remember what's important to him. And that's why Paul says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy. Everybody say this one right here. Think about that stuff. And can I just tell you, you're not going to be able to without time in prayer. You won't be able to. It won't work. It's, it's just, so I got to get, get with God. I have quiet time. I get alone with God, and I just, I begin to talk to him, and, and I let him talk to me, which, by the way, the primary way God speaks to me is actually through his word. It's through scripture. A lot of times people say, well, I'm not hearing from God, and I'll just say, well, when's the last time you read his word? And they're like, I don't. I'm like, well, that's, you're trying to get him to give you like a warm, fuzzy feeling on something that he already talked about. He already covered this topic. Come on, y'all, you should be amening right now. Like, it's already there. It's already available to you. And so I get alone with God. I, a lot of times it's, it's right over here in my, my, I call it green room. It's really office. It's where I work. It's where I do everything. And, and uh, I've got this old-fashioned paper Bible. Mine's not all beat up. You know, like some of the super Christians you meet, their Bible's all worn out because they've just had the same Bible forever, and they, they, they highlight it, and they write in it, and all that. I'm not that guy because I like new stuff too much. So, like, I'm like, I'll have a Bible, then I'll see another one. I'll be like, ooh, I like that color. Come on, y'all with me? Yeah. So, my, mine's not all worn out, but, but I do kind of have this, I have this routine, and I, I just I settle myself down, and I get alone. And um, in, my, in my room back there, I've got, I know this will probably sound weird to some of you, unless you're Catholic, then you'll be like, cool, I'm on. I, I got, like, a candle that I light in there. And I know some of the men, I just lost you. You're judging me right now. But I, hey, I just want to say I still drive a big truck. All right, so just leave me alone. I'm fine. I, I do. I, I, I light my candle. And I, I, I grab that Bible. And I just put it right here. And I sit in the chair. And I just take a couple seconds. Before I even open it, before I even read it. Before I even bring my needs to God, I just... Thank you for this word, God. Thank you that you're, you're, gonna, you're speaking to me. You've already spoken. Help, my, help me to settle my mind and my heart on the words that are in this book. I love it. I, think, I know that sounds weird, but I really do. Like, I love it. And I just, I just kind of hold it there for a second. I, listen, I've got a, a pastor who I learned from. Who's, he takes it a step further. Like, he kisses his. I'm like, eh, not going that far, because I might give it to somebody when I get my next new one, and I don't want it to be gross. All right, so, but I do, I just hold it there. Thank you, God. And then I just, I lean in. And you, you know what it does? Is it, it transfers all my thoughts from all the junk that's rattling around in my head to the stuff that's true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. And I, I want to I think about that stuff. And listen, more than ever, you and I need this. Because as our society has, has changed over this past year, 
It's forced us into more isolation than we've ever had before. There's a lot of junk coming into our eyes and our ears. A lot of us are consuming some content. We're clicking on some things. We're watching some things that really you wouldn't even have had time to mess with it before. And now it's, it's having profound impact on your soul and you don't even realize it. You just know something doesn't feel right. Now, I'm not doing well. And what it is is, is your, your mind is being polluted with the opposite of all this stuff. And I'm just telling you, you're gonna have to get, you're gonna have to get a routine established where you get alone with God and you get his word and you get in, in the presence of the Holy Spirit and let him rewire your thinking. And this is, why this is where I've started to learn in those moments. It's, pr- prayer is not about God coming down to me. It's about me going up to him. Like I'm, I'm, I'm bringing my thinking up to, to his standard, to his level. C.S. Lewis said this, if you aim at heaven, you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you'll get neither. You'll get neither. Some of us need to, we need to get alone with God. We need to have some time in prayer so that we can, we can clean out some of the pollution that's in our minds and in our hearts and get our trajectory realigned. Aim at, aim at heaven again. Paul says to the, the Colossian church, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. So prayer, prayer regulates my thinking. Here's the next thing that it'll do. Prayer, will, it'll actually reveal contentment. Like you'll come into your times with God a lot of times with a, with a list of protests and complaints and issues, but you'll leave your time with God going, I'm just thankful. He's been really good to me. Things in my life are better off. They're better than I deserve, actually. And that's why the Apostle Paul was able to say, I know what it is to be in need. I also know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being, everybody say it, content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living or in plenty or in want. And in, a, in my time with God, I can learn to go, I'm, I'm content. If nothing else, you know what I'm content with? That this life is temporary, that this is not my home, that one day I'll be in eternity with my Savior. Just, it just, it, it brings contentment. The psalmist David understood this. He, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. Like, he's going to take care of me. He's going to watch out for me. He's going he's to make sure that I have all that I need. You're not going to have all that you want. Because that would make you God. But he is going to make sure that you have what you need. Aren't you thankful for that? I have all that I need. In Jesus, I have all that I need. Because he is all that I need. I don't need money. It's nice, helps. I don't need things. At the end of the day, the thing that I really need is just Jesus. Can I hear an amen this morning? And that's why I've just decided I'm not gonna trust in riches but in him who richly provides. I'm gonna trust him. Prayer reveals contentment. It reveals contentment. And here's the last one. Is I've learned that prayer helps me just rely on God. It just helps me put my, 
I just, I just rely on him. I don't, need, I don't need to try to rely on myself. And, and this actually runs counter to a lot of things that exist in our society today, which is you got to be strong for yourself. You got to no, look like I can't. I've got to rely on God. I've got to trust in God. I've got to to learn to embrace this thought that Paul said, that I can do everything through him who gives me strength. I've got to rely on him. And prayer helps me reestablish those priorities where I stop relying on myself. Sometimes I'm relying on people too much. Sometimes I'm relying too much on, a, on an applause or on a word of encouragement or on trying to get somebody to like me. No, 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 I don't need to do any of that. I can just rely on God. And everything that I'm supposed to do, everything that he's asked me to do, I can do it not on my own, not through my own strength, but through him who gives me strength. You want to choose joy? Choose prayer choose prayer and you'll get to the place where you can finally say my God will meet all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus Proverbs says it this way those who everybody say it in the Lord will be joyful joy and trust they're forever entangled they're forever intertwined with each other you don't have joy, choose prayer. And it's a choice. It's like it's, you have to make the choice. If you want to choose joy in your life, choose prayer. Choose time with God. Choose to have a conversation with your creator. And here's what you'll ultimately find is that prayer doesn't move God toward me. Prayer to, moves me toward God. It'll it'll get my heart in alignment with his heart. It'll get my thinking in alignment with his thinking. It'll get my choices in alignment with his choices. Prayer doesn't get God to come do what I want God to do. Prayer gets me doing what God wants me doing. Y'all with me this morning? Would you bow your heads as we pray? Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every person who's in this room today. I thank you for those who are watching online right now. God, we wanna be people who choose joy. There's not a lot of it in our world right now. But you desire for us to have it. It's what you want for us. Lord, I pray for those today who are not experiencing joy in their life. That they would make the first choice today. And every day. God, that we wouldn't just wait for the next season of 21 days of prayer. God, every every day of our life can be a day of prayer. It should be a day of prayer. And and we we want to choose joy. And so out of a heart to choose joy, God, we're going to choose prayer. We're going to choose time with you. We're going to choose to consult you first in every decision and every moment of our lives. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. I want to talk to those of you who may be in the room today or you may be watching online. 
and you're going, well, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to pray. I've never done that before. Well, here's, here's all you need to know. All it takes to, to pray is a relationship with God. And you begin a relationship with God by just receiving the free gift of salvation that His Son Jesus made available to you. So that the world of prayer, the door of prayer opens up to you through your first prayer, which is just to receive Jesus as your Savior. And if you've never done that before, in our chat online, you'll see a little button that says, hey, I'm, I'm raising my hand. You, you who are here in the auditorium today, if you'd say, Michael, I need to make that first prayer and make Jesus the Lord of my life. You can just wave a hand at me. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm not going to do anything to embarrass you. We just would love to know that you're in the room. You guys who are watching online, you can click that button if you're in church online. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, you'll have another way to respond here in just a second. But if you're ready to make that first prayer today, I'd love to just help you with the words a little bit. And you can just go to God and say, Heavenly Father, I believe you sent your son Jesus to die for my sins. He paid the price that I could never pay. And I believe he rose from the dead. And he's alive and well, seated at your right hand today. And today I receive the free gift of salvation he made possible for me. From this day on, I'm going to be in relationship with you. And my life doesn't belong to me. It belongs to you. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. You're my King. Thank you for saving me, Jesus. In your name I pray. For everyone else, keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. If you're here in the auditorium and you say, hey, Michael, prayer has been more my last resort than my, my first choice. And I'd like to change that pattern. I'd like to start going to God first. I don't want you to raise your hand or anything like that. I don't need to know, but you know. I don't need to be your Holy Spirit. You know. So why don't you just have a moment there where you tell God that. God, I, I want to change in this area. I want to come to you first. I want to choose joy. And my first choice in choosing joy is to choose to come to you in prayer. To actually have a relationship with you, to develop my relationship with you, to have conversations with you. So today I choose it, I choose it. And Heavenly Father, I pray for each and every person today who's making that choice, that you would meet them right where they are. That God, you would reveal each and every one of these things that we've talked about today. Contentment, our, our thinking, God, we want to get it aligned. We want our, our worry to go away. We want to let go of the things that we're trying to control. Ultimately, God, we want to be people who put our hope and our trust completely in you. And I pray that each and every person who makes that decision today would quickly see the fruit in their lives, quickly see the result in their lives, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Pastor Joel.